Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io Dave for a seven-day free trial. Hey everyone, it's Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Radio. Today's cool fact of the day is that the modern brain is actually smaller than a Neanderthal brain. And our current theory is that once the brain hits its optimum size for work, that it starts specializing and compacting. That's why the brain now may be a little bit smaller, but it's as efficient or more efficient. Looking at our origins is really, really important because if you check out today's episode with Pedram Shojai, you're going to hear a lot about how our brains evolved, how our bodies evolved, and how we can use this view of evolution in order to connect to the things that are going to make us stronger. So understanding where we came from gives us hints on how we can biohack ourselves, how we can upgrade our performance and just build our environment so that our biology does what it was originally evolved to do. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today, Pedram is actually interviewed by one of the Bulletproof team members and a good friend, Zach Garcia. This episode was shot back in September during the second annual Bulletproof Biohacking Conference in Pasadena. 
when I was on stage and Pedram was not on stage, he gave an amazing talk there. Uh, Pedram went off to our studio and Zach interviewed him so that I could talk to the audience and Pedram could still get on film so that we could launch it this week to support his new film called Origins. It's out now and he's actually going to give it away for free in an online screening for the whole next week. This documentary is totally worth watching. It's a great introduction to why we have health problems in our world and also what you can do about it, not just to be healthy, but to actually thrive and to reach that bulletproof state of high performance. So enjoy the show. Zach did a great job interviewing Pedram, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to put this up this week and that we were able to shoot it with high-resolution cameras. So if you check this out, on iTunes, you check it out on YouTube, you're going to find that our quality is really, really good. And that's because we were able to capture this live at the conference. So enjoy. Thank you. Pedram Shojai, you've been on Bulletproof Radio before. You studied biology at UCLA. You got your master's in oriental medicine and your doctorate in the same discipline. You've done books and films, and you have a very popular podcast right now with Dr. Sarah Gottfried. And we're here today at the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference in Pasadena. And you just got off stage and gave a great speech uh, that everybody really loved. So welcome to the show, and uh, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Nice to see you. You too. So your last film was called Vitality. And it was about the medicine system and how broken it is, and that it's not about preventing disease. Uh, but it's more about vitality and preventing disease from within. So your new film is called Origins. Tell us about that. You know, it's kind of like taking the next step, right? So we, we take a 30,000 foot view of health and say, okay, why, why is it not working? Why is everyone spending so much money on health and we're getting sicker? There's obviously something wrong in vitality. And with Origins, we said, okay, look, let's go to the origins of our civilization and see where we were, what the environment was like when we were at the pinnacle, right, of, of our evolutionary growth. We just found all this like seafood and we were able to like create tools and we started spreading out and the humanity thing became pretty cool. We were lean, we were agile, we were inventing technologies, we were doing this thing, right? And so we went to really trace back to say, what did food look like? What did stress look like? What did the environment look like? And how did you have to interact with this environment in order to have all your senses tuned so that you're keenly aware of your environment. Because today, people just walk and text and bump into each other, and they're just in a completely oblivious reality, and they're just gaining weight and getting sick. So I said, look, let's just go back to the start and you know, take a snapshot there and figure out what went wrong. <laughs> I mean, what is this? I think Tom Maltair said in the movie, like 72 billion pounds of chemicals every day coming into the United States alone. And it's just overwhelming our systems. Like what we've done with technology is amazing. And I'm not, you know, I love technology. We're on technology right now, right? It's like this is, this is how we communicate with our universe. And at the same time, too much tech in the wrong way is very damaging to your health, to your psyche, to everything. So we're really taking a look at this in a postmodern way and saying we're not Luddites and saying, okay, well, you know, down with technology, let's all go live in yurts. But then how can we work with technology to not choke out the planet, get cancer, and be able to coexist in a way that doesn't mean having to, you know, declare war on people to have water or oil that we want. So it's, it's, it was a pretty lofty project. It took four years, man. 
Wow. Yeah. And you went back to Africa. Went to Africa, did uh, wilderness survival and big game tracking out there. I mean, I'm this lion like 20 feet away. We're <laughs> tracking this guy, and finally I'm like, oh my God, he's really close, and we could see him on the other side of the bushes. And then all the hairs on my neck start standing up, and I go, why are we this close? <laughs> like, wait a minute, this is actually really like scary because that, that animal, if he decides to, I mean, by the time you could load your rifle, and you're not there to shoot it, right? You're there, you're, you're there to observe. And you just see the majesty of this animal going, okay, I get it. Every single sound of the birds in that environment are giving you information. Are you listening? If you don't hear an oxpecker and you're walking through high grass, a buffalo sees you, you're dead, hmm. right? And so now the oxpecker doesn't matter at all, but screeching car tires, that'll do it, right? It'll yeah. make you jump. So it's like, how have we adapted to the new human jungle and what does that mean for right. the future? Right. So your fight or flight response was activated when you were there with the lions. How does that translate into a modern day where you get cut off in traffic or your, your cell phone goes off, you've got something going on with your business that freaks you out? Is there a similarity there between that physiological response that you have? Well, it's actually the same stuff. And so the problem is though, and you know, there's a, we, we were talking about this last night actually, is you know, there are certain things that happen. Like I'm a very defensive driver on the freeway. Because I have someone who's driving a lethal weapon swerving into my lane at 80 miles an hour, um, and I got my kid in the back. That's serious, right? And so it's like this, I'm, like for me, the closest thing to the jungle in modern society is the freeway. The 405. Right? The 405, <laughs> right? Because there's just like, there's chaos coming everywhere, and death is like at, at your doorstep if you're not careful. So you have to be heightened awareness and all this. You're not texting, you're not whatever. And you know, outside of that though, it's like, yeah, sure. I mean, you walk down the wrong dark alley, uh, you live in a bad neighborhood, that stuff happens, but we've insulated ourselves from death, right? Whereas over there, man, a wrong step, you're done, you're lunch, right? So you have to learn about how to calibrate your stress bucket. For us here, you know, it's like, oh, that Verizon bill came in and the kids texted too much and you know, I gotta pay all this money, I'm all stressed out. Versus lion eating your neck, right? And so where do those fall on the uh, importance timeline, right? Mm -hmm. And where does, that, where does that fall within like the biochemical flood that just happened that told your body the same thing, which was you need to run, you need to get out of here, this is really bad, right? And so the same chemicals are surging, but you're fussing over a cell phone bill. And so for, for one of the major lessons there was to recalibrate your stress bucket. You need food, you need water, you need shelter. And you better know how to make fire. Outside of, like you're alive. Outside of that, everything else is a want, it's not a need. Mm -hmm. And so we live in the world of wants and we don't understand our needs. So a lot of it for me was, and then we did wilderness survival, we did a bunch of training with a really awesome guy in California, and it just taught you how to exist as our ancestors have for hundreds of thousands of years, and then from there, everything else is gravy. You're like, wow, I got water. Right. Cool. So we're at the biohacking conference, and there's a lot of technology these days that can help us mitigate the stress and understand it better, mm. and, and hack it, uh, and when you got up on stage, uh, you started talking about alchemy, <laughs> which is funny because Dave and I were talking about this recently. And so I'm curious to know, how do you think uh, alchemy and the more esoteric uh, spiritual side of things, how do we use the technology today mm. to, to tap into that and, and actually utilize the technology in an effort 
to be more in touch with that side of things? Great, that's a great question, and I think that's a question of our time, right? Because I kick it, I kick it old school, right? Like I, <laughs> I, I was a monk, you know. I, stu- I studied, I sat on the rocks, and um, there's a tremendous amount of benefit I gathered from that. And so, what's relevant in a hyper urban situation? What's relevant with all the stress and arrows flying at us? And how do you navigate, right? And I think that the missing ingredient uh, to all of it has always been consciousness. Is you know, I throw a bunch of tactics at me, but without a strategy, I still don't have a winning campaign, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you have a framework of understanding that all of it is about consciousness and figuring out who you are, then things have a frame of reference to be like, ooh, that's not, that's not gonna help me, or oh, I want more of that. And so I use the ancient stuff all the time. Matter of fact, I'm doing it right now. I'm constantly aware of my breath, constantly circulating, figuring out what's happening in my body and using that. Now, it took me years of practice, right? Now you could have some heart math doohickey on your finger and it's just like, hey dude, you're out of your zone. You're like, oh, let me bring it back. So I think that those tools are phenomenal if you understand why you want to stay in your heart rate zone. Right. If, you want to under, if you understand what the whole game is about, then you use everything that you can so long as it doesn't have a, you know, a fallout, right? I mean, there's side effects to drugs. If you have things that don't have side effects that can benefit you and you understand where they fall in a tactical plan, mm. man, bring it on. Right, right. So talk about some of the side effects of this technology. I mean, we, we know about EMFs and we know about things mm. like that, but what do you see as some of the, the side effects to using some of these devices? Do you think that it's a, if you're just always hacking too much, can you go too far with it? And how do you find a balance between that? That's a great question. So you're talking to a Taoist, right? And for Taoism, it's about connecting with nature and being at one with the energies of nature, which bring us back into, I mean, you could get into the Schumann resonance, you could get into the really kind of slow alpha, sometimes theta hertz frequencies that nature's kicking back in all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of times, I mean, my phone is like gigahertz level stuff, right? Like especially the home phone, right? And so the cell phone, I never put that thing to my head. And it's like, this is way faster and stronger than anything that nature could have ever thrown at my nervous system. Mm. And we don't know is the answer, right? And so hedge your bet. I keep that thing away from me. I definitely keep it away from my gonads. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, there's, there's things that we don't know, so you wanna be really careful about. And then there's a bunch of like, you know, doohickeys out there that people are studying that are like, oh, this is, we found that this is great for this, right? And so then you use it, uh, and then five years later you say, oh, it was great for this, but now you have this. <laughs> Right, and so it's so new, it's so cutting edge that I'd say do everything with do everything with a little bit of caution, thinking about the why, and but then don't fall behind. I mean, look, we live in a very toxic world, and you got to hedge your bet against all of the environmental toxins, the EMFs. They're coming at you all the time. The stress that's always there. But here's a good hack, right? So my phone could either pull me out of this conversation, but, oh, sorry, dude, hold on, I gotta respond to this text right now, and just have the absent presence. You're like, hey, man, we're in an interview, <laughs> right? And right. people do that. People are just so stuck to their phones, and it beeped, it beeped. Or I could use it as a tool to remind me where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be, leave it in airplane mode when I'm not available, and put in, like my mornings, my calendar says, walk with wife, dogs, and baby. 
because it's a priority to me. So I use my tech to, to cushion in stuff so my staff doesn't book a call with you know, Europe at six in the morning. I'm like, that's baby time. Right. So my calendar is my friend and my calendar helps me triage and like, you know, really curate what I want in my life. And it's because of my perspective because everyone's got the same phone in their pocket, but most people are slaves to their tech. And so you have to be able to use it in a way that helps you do the things you want in life versus push you around like the world does all the time. So you're sort of outsourcing your cognition in that regard and allowing that tool to be something that can actually make you a better father, make you a better human being, and you don't use as much of your mental power uh, to decide every day what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, and then you can spend that time uh, making an impact with the films and the other projects that you have going on. But for regular people that are just out there, they're, they're listening to this right now because they want to learn something that they can use in their daily life to, to make a little change here and there, to hack their day to, to be more productive, right? To kick more ass. Mm. So, so you're using that technology, but you're also cognizant of sort of the, the side effects of it is what I'm hearing you say. It's a tool. Like, you know, right. I, I, if I have a sword, we're going to kick back like 5,000 years. I got a sword. I could either, you know, kill food. I could kill an enemy, you know, or use it to cut my food or to, you know, skewer. It's just a tool, yeah. right? And so it could be a lethal weapon or it could save your life. And so, you know, I, I look at my phone. I look at my car. I look at all these things in that way and say, okay, so it's, it's a thing. Um, what does this thing do for me? And again, it goes back to the, the fundamental question, the gauntlet I threw up on your stage a little while ago, which is, what is any of it without consciousness? Mm. The real question is, who am I? Right? And, and why is that important? And you know, we're talking about immortality and alchemy and all these things. The only thing that's Im- immortal is your consciousness, and it's eternal. And so you know, trying to hang on to this flesh means really nothing to me because I understand who I am and where I come from, and I'm no different than you and everything around us. It's all life. And so until you get to some of the mystical stuff, a lot of the other stuff doesn't have a frame of reference to snap into, especially with the esoteric. With the new stuff, it's, it's all over the place. It's wild, wild west. So you just got to watch your ass. Right. Right. So you went from making a film about vitality and about health, and did that lead you into the questions that you had about the origins, and is that why you went there? Uh, or did you have this kind of plan that it's like, first I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to talk about the origins? Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could say that I'm that <laughs> well deployed. But you know, my, my practice in life is to follow the breadcrumbs. And so it, it always opens up. The next level, the next query opens up in front of me. And it becomes self-evident, and it becomes a wonderful idea. I mean, the fact that I spent the last two days in the sun doing hard labor, cr- tearing out my lawn and making it a garden is because we're doing a, a victory garden uh, initiative with this movie, and who am I to tell people to do that if I haven't done it myself? So it's like, okay, get, so I had a camera crew, and we just, you know, I was out there doing it. And so it just, all of these things become self-evident because the universe is asking for us to move, and I just work here. Yeah. Right? So the Victory Garden, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so what we're doing with this movie, which is going to be really fun, and, I, and it's, for me, it's, you know, the reason we do what we do at Well.org is because everything I do should help the world. Right? And so as we launch the movie, we'll have a summit with like all these expert interviews and just wonderful stuff to, to support uh, more information. And then that ends right before uh, Thanksgiving. And so we're basically taking back Black Friday. And so we're doing a Green Friday initiative, helping 
people, direct people to companies that are doing the right thing, helping the planet and giving back. And so then we're taking 10% of the proceeds into a Victory Garden initiative in, in the spring where we got all these amazing urban farmers that, that are gonna go and help different communities start home gardens and then film it uh, with their iPhones and push it up to, to Facebook and challenge each other to do it. And basically, we're, we're taking the food system back from these monkeys who just poison us mm -hmm. and don't care and are profit driven and they're, you know, they've, they've lost, they, they do not have moral authority and so we have to take it back. And that's it. I'm doing this for my son and his kids and the future of our planet. We've had enough. Right, so this is like taking the ice bucket challenge and, and asking people to do it with creating a garden and making real food. Yeah, and, and use that and use that water in your garden. Don't waste it, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, like we we are having a drought in California, yeah. and so I'm looking at my lawn, going, "What am I doing?" Right? That's it. Pull it out. Yeah. Water, food, right? Have the kid grow up with food, and so it's just it's a fundamental hack in how we live our life with presumptions about how things are supposed to look. You know, yeah. I got this doctor house, and it's you know it's pretty. Mm -hmm. So what? It's useless. Right, and so I live here, and it's supposed to be a living, breathing reflection of who I am. Tear it up. Garden there, this over there, this waterfall is gonna have a Qigong area over here. Tear it up. You know, it's like you, you every little piece that's like a blind spot in your consciousness um, is a stone that needs to, to be turned. And as you do it, there's, there's plenty of energy and vitality right under it. You're like, wow, that was really cool, that was liberating, and now we have a whole, video series that comes from there. I have two TV shows next year, two more movies, and it's, we're just, I'm, like I said, I'm following the breadcrumbs. I'm just doing the right thing, and in doing so, the next story becomes self-evident. Right, so when you were in Africa, and you went back to the wild, and you were, you were tracking lions, you were living off the land, uh, well, there we couldn't live off the land because of the, we had a concession from the tribe that, you know, basically we weren't there to like shoot animals and eat them. Mm. We were there to, to learn their behavior and track them, so we had to bring in food. But I've, then afterwards when we went to a different place, we learned to live off the land. Certain places, like this whole paleo thing is like, you know, I'm gonna get out there and hit a deer with a spear and I'm a man. <laughs> like if, every, if, if everyone did that, it'd be over in a heartbeat. There's not that many deer. There's not that many woods, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's really fun to get all nostalgic about like how cavemen used to roll, but when you get down to the nitty gritty, we have seven billion people on the planet and we have to look at food systems and what that means. And I'm all about decentralized or organic ag and all sorts of the wonderful solutions. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I'm gonna go out there in the name of making a movie and like eat some antelope, I just took that food away from the lion who I'm there to, you know, support and, and, and take care of and tell his story. So it's just, it's a complicated time, man. It's really, yeah. it's, you, you know, it's hard to do the right thing because we've messed up so many things. Mm. So what's the message of Origins that you're looking to get across to the audience? Like what, what do you want people to walk away after they watch this film? What do you want them to walk away with? Um, very clear is that, you know, here's this wonderful, beautiful planet that we like to keep Here's what we've done, right? And this is why no one feels well and people are falling apart. And you as the consumer have all the power. So as a conscious consumer, if you vote with your money, 
Vote with your dollars, vote with your intent to say, I'm supporting this company because they're doing the right thing. What you're doing is you're giving them more power and energy and creating more jobs in a sector that's going to make a difference mm. versus giving the same old bad guys money so that they can buy politicians and buy airtime and poison us and, and distract us. So it's just, a, it's you know, we get a new president every four years. You swipe your, your credit card maybe 15 times a day and every time you're voting. So it's really about engaging an army of, of conscious consumers who wake up to do the right thing. So what was the question that you, that you were asking yourself then, like to, when you were making this film? Like what were you looking to get out of that uh, experience of making that film? And did you get that, that question answered or, or did it just lead to more questions? Is it the breadcrumbs thing and it's gonna lead to the next? Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, like my, my directors and thing, they hate me. Like, I'm just such a pain in the ass to work with because they're just like, dude, you need a script. I need a script before we start. I'm like, the story's writing itself. We're going to go sit in front of Mark Hyman and Dave Asprey and all these like genius people and ask them a bunch of questions. And usually it's not when me, when I'm trying to lead the witness that I'm going to get the gold. It's like they're going to say something. I'll be like, oh, really? Well, tell me more about that. <laughs> And then it brings out this like wonderful thing and then it writes itself mm. and then it becomes a living, breathing story that's being told by the universe through my genius friends and then it becomes a thing and then once I feel comfortable with it, I'm like, this is the movie, then we kind of follow the breadcrumbs to the next one. So I'm kind of unconventional in that way, mm. but I couldn't do it any other way because I'm not going to like, this isn't about my propaganda. This isn't about Pedram saying this is the statement we're going to make and this is what we're going to say because of this, this and this. Right, it's let's go ask the smartest people in the world what they think about this, and then let's let's have that tell a story. Is that why you focus on making documentaries because you can do that? Yeah, yeah. Because there's different ways of telling stories, right? You you could you could write a script and tell a beautiful story, or you can let it organically grow into something that could to take you somewhere that you didn't expect to go. Which is exactly what happens which is exactly what happens in these movies. And so I think we'll get into a couple feature, um, like uh, basically scripted films, because uh, you could do a lot with those mm. uh, in the next couple years. But right now, I mean, I got, I got another book deal. I got two more movies. It's like there's so much going on that, again, if you look in my calendar, there's no room for mm -hmm. feature film number four. And so I don't even go there because I don't need that stress. My wife doesn't need that stress. And my, my voice will start changing because I'm going to sound time compressed. Yeah. So I just know better than to even go there for a couple more years. Right now, you've talked about doing this gong and this, this 100-day gong. Tell people how they can use this format in their life and, and talk a little bit about how it's helped you in your life. Sure. So I started doing this God, 15, 20 years ago. A Qigong master said, okay, here's a set. Learn it. Cool. Now, you have to do it every day for 100 days. If you fail, you start over. I was like, well, that's interesting. So, you know, missed day six, start over. Missed day 12, start over. Missed day 46 and swore to myself that I would never miss another day and started over and just boom, 100. And then I was like, wow, that was really cool. Let me do that again. Let me do that again. And then I started layering on saying, well, what else can I add to this beyond the Qigong? Maybe I should do my meditation. Maybe I should stretch. I should do my push-ups. And so I started to work with it myself for about a decade until... What happened was, people were like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You're like kicking ass. 
It was just like, yeah, you know, I got my discipline. I got, and then I realized that it was building willpower, it was building discipline, and it was keeping me focused, right? And so as I started doing that, then I kind of uh, took time management and goal setting and all these things and put it in there and realized that the reason why most people fail in life is because their intention and their attention are not connected. Mm. So you have all the will in the world and be scattered in your focus and basically you know, you have a bucket of water, you just sprayed it over a huge field, none of the plants got enough water, everything withers and dies. Versus, boom, laser-like focus with your power, make it happen. So if you've ever failed a diet, if you've you know, bailed on an exercise program, if you're you know, trying to get ahead in your career and you haven't done it, this practice is very helpful and I've helped thousands of people now and it's just like, it wasn't me saying, oh, let me create this thing, it was a bunch of people saying, what the hell are you doing, share it with us. Mm. Which is nice because again, it's organic. Right. You know, it's not speculation. It, it's worked. It's worked for me. It's worked for a lot of people. And so I feel comfortable sharing it because a lot of people, I was talking to some guy who's like doing some make money thing and he was teaching it. And I said, well, that's interesting. Um, so you made a bunch of money and now you're teaching people how to do it. He's like, no, I was in the shower and I thought of this thing and I started selling it to people and now I'm rich. So I'm like, you had a get rich quick scheme while you were broke that you sold to people that wasn't tested and you're using that as the platform for now, your, like for your riches, that's just, that's parasitic. Like you're not a living example, you're out, punt, right? And so I just, that, that model doesn't work for me because it's just bullshit. Yeah. So how can people apply the gong practice in, into their biohacking, for instance? Because we're here at the biohacking conference, there's a lot of people, there's so many toys, there's so many cool things you can do to increase your performance, to be a better human being. Uh, but it's the same challenge. Mm. You, you get started on a path, uh, you lose your attention, you, you had the intention, but your attention strays, and the, you're onto the next shiny object, the next cool tech toy or whatever's out there. The new iPhone comes out, you, get, you start playing with that, uh, right? So have you used the gong in that regard in any way to, to stay on point with something, and how can people do that? Like, do you, have, do you have something on your site that people can, can get? Is there a resource out there? Yeah, absolutely. We have a okay. free workbook for people that's there, and um, I'll hook it up with you guys. Yeah, we'll put, it, we'll me, put it in the show notes. Remember you are right. <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. Um, but yeah, we have uh, free resources there, and you know, you can put anything you want in your gong. You can say, look, take my you know, collagen every morning. Mm -hmm. If you miss it, you start over. But the problem is, and you, you've really hit, uh, hit it on the head, is the, the crap crisis and, and the, the curse of modernity is there's too much good stuff and people become hungry ghosts and they're just like a little of this, a little of that and they never get anywhere, mm. right? It's like the classic example of you know digging uh, for a well and you know you go 10 feet and you say screw this, there's no water here and you go over here and you go over here and you go like a pocked, pockmarked land and you never got water. And so any one of these practices that you've kind of proven to work for you, do it for 100 days. Make it part of your daily ritual and reap the rewards and the benefits and say, okay, do I keep that in or do I keep that out? Did that enhance my life to the point where I now keep doing it or what? But if you don't actually do the things, you're just a hungry ghost. I mean, this is, this is the problem I see with most people on diets and exercise and in the healthcare world when I was running all my medical clinics is they kind of knew what to do, but they were just waiting for the next thing when the thing that they needed was already in their lap. Mm. It's like, what, what, just do that, just do that, why, why not? And so the gong really helps with that. Mm. Helps you stay on track. It's a deal not with me, but with yourself. 
right? You're making a deal with yourself. Say, I'm gonna do this every day for 100 days, and if I fail, I start over, and it's gonna teach me to stay focused and stay disciplined. And once I can do that, then I can, you know, and, and I start people usually say one item, maybe two items, and you're gone. Okay. Because you're gonna fail because you, we all bite off more than we can chew. And as you get better at it, you do more. My gong takes me two hours a day and I have eight items on it. I was up at 5.40 this morning doing my qigong and meditating and, you know, in between grabbing the baby while my wife was in the bathroom. And, you know, you just, you, you fit it into your day because you have to. Because I don't want to wait till I get home tonight to have two hours of personal work to do and then feel sorry for myself or get mad and say, screw this, I'm not, this is too hard. I've set it up that way. So if I don't build it into my day, I'm going to complain about my life by tonight. Yeah. And so I'm good at it now. Mm-hmm. So there's a really powerful quote that I pulled out of watching the movie Origins, and it has to do with animals and their environment. What was that, and why was it so important to the film? Well, listen, any animal that forgets how to survive in the very environment that it evolved in is lost. It's stupid. It's crazy. And so most people are afraid of nature. They're afraid of the dark. They're afraid of going out in the woods, and they're, and they're completely at a loss for what to do in this living, breathing, thriving, budding environment that provides us food, provides us medicine, provides us shelter, and provides us everything. And it has, so, has done so for hundreds of thousands of years. And then within two to three generations, we've completely unplugged. We're walking around texting on our phones, bopping into people mm-hmm. in big urban environments and not even like connecting with food. And so the real essence of that is look where we were, look where we are, and it took me four days in a wilderness survival class to know how to do food, shelter, water, fire. Well, right? And I've been camping and stuff my whole life, but it was like, teach me these skills, I don't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. Done. This baseline anxiety of an animal that doesn't know how to fend for itself starts to go away. Same thing with martial arts. I don't teach martial arts because I want people to go out and beat people. I want people to not be afraid of conflict and right. know that they can handle themselves. I'm never in a, in a conversation where I'm like, oh, is this guy gonna get me? I can handle myself. I'm, I never get into fights because I'm confident. Mm-hmm. And I can handle myself in life because I know how to survive and I know how to a- adapt to the changes in the natural environment because I'm watching nature. I don't wanna smother nature. She's my friend. That's awesome. Filmmaking is an arduous process. Uh, Dave is working on the mold documentary and I've been helping with that, and I, it's, it's difficult, it's challenging, there's always something new that pops up. So for you, and this is, you know, you've been around the, the bend a couple times, you've, this is your second. Finish the second, we're pre-pro on the third. Okay, so how do you hack that? How do you, where, do, where did you go from the beginning you, with your first film, and what do you understand now? And is there anything about process that you can talk about that has helped you uh, be better at that and be more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, it's clarity. I mean, the first movie I started, uh, you know, just getting a bunch of interviews, hundreds of hours of footage, and not, you know, just letting people ramble. It was, oh, it was arduous. You know, it just, it, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I was working with people who, you know, didn't. And finally, I, I brought on good help to help make the movie. I'm not a filmmaker. I'm a, I'm a priest. I'm a doctor, and I'm, you know, I'm a bunch of other things. Now I'm a filmmaker, right? But I, I had to bring on people. And as of the second one, it's like, okay, here's the main kind of through line, and here's the adventures we're going to do that are going to help accentuate this and tie it all together. And you, you sit. You spend a lot of time 
thinking about where the movie is flowing and what you know, and you want to kind of subtly coax it in a direction for positive social action. Because I don't consider myself in the entertainment business. You want you want entertainment? I'll juggle for you. You know what I mean? I, I, I like the fact that entertainment is a thing, but I'm not in the entertainment business. I'm in the edutainment business, right? I'm here to help people wake up instead of walking around like zombies so they could step up and have take some ownership for the future of this planet and the future of our children. So for me, it's, it's you know, really figuring out what points we can leverage to help people go, yeah, that does sound stupid. Why do we do that? And then show them where they could just make a better decision and not do that. So um, to answer your question, man, it's, it's always going to be a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work, but the literal translation of Kung Fu is hard work. I'm trained to do hard work. You know, you get in those deep stances and they suck. And eventually, you know, it, life throws things at you and you're like, eh, it wasn't that bad. I remember when, you know, he was kicking me in the, in the, in the stomach and telling me to, you know, breathe out, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, you've, you know, you've been in combat, right? Yeah. It's like life, life's stress bucket recalibrates when you do real things and so you can, you know, understand where to triage things. Okay, so we're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a movie to make. Let's go. Awesome. You've been on the show before, you know that the question that is always asked at the end, and what are the top three recommendations that you would give to people so they can kick more ass? So based on what you're working on now and where you're going and what you've really been focusing on the past year or so since you've been on the podcast, what are your top three recommendations for people that they can do to just kick more ass in life? I would say do what I did yesterday, which is move a lot of dirt and do a home garden. Um, I'll tell you, I got a new workout routine. It's called work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, it's like putting the work back in a workout. I mean, I moved a lot of dirt yesterday. I didn't bring any help. I just, you know, shoveling, trading sides to work my obliques, wheelbarrows, the whole thing. And not only did I feel great and get some sun, I'm, I'm directly connected with the organic soil and the food that's feeding my family. And it might be supplemented with farmer's markets or whatever, but it's like connect back with the earth through food, number one, right? Number two, connect back with your breath and step into the now because that's where all the power comes from. Drinking from infinity means stepping into the living, breathing moment because the universe keeps moving and we want to stay in some time that was you know, five minutes ago or five years ago and all of our power just gets stretched and diluted and we can't be here now. And you know all of this biohacking, uh, if, if you don't understand where consciousness interfaces with life, you're gonna be lost because at the end of the day, this thing will slough. You will not have a body. And it's not about physical immortality, it's about immortalizing your consciousness, right? And, and number three um, is people are afraid to actually live their dreams because they don't think that they're capable of it. And so, if you're stuck in some job job and you're doing all this biohacking and trying to like kind of liberate yourself physically, what are you going to do with that energy and what are you going to do with your life? I mean, I was running medical group. I was getting pissed off that I was in the sick care model and although I was making good money, I was uh, feeding the beast. And so I gave up a lot of, I gave up a pretty posh life to do the right thing. And now I've got a great life and I get to travel the world and do whatever I want to do, but I threw that gauntlet. So don't be afraid to live your dreams. Don't be an idiot, right? But you know, make a definitive plan, learn skills, and step into where your potential lies and live a big life. 
right? Because I don't know if there's reincarnation. I don't know if there's life after death or any of that kind of stuff because I'm still here. Um, but I can tell you that if this is the only chance you get at this game called life, don't be mediocre at it. Like step up, step in, live big, live your dreams, and stand up. So many people are afraid. They're complaining about the world, but they won't take a stand for what's right, but they'll slowly kill themselves with cigarettes or bad food, right? They'll have self-sabotage that destroys their vitality and eventually drags them down into the earth, um, and they'll kill themselves in boredom or whatever, but they won't put their life on the line and stand for what's noble, right, and, and, and appropriate in our society. So take a stand and don't let these dark, shadowy parasites run the media and run our lives in a way that, that keeps us as sleepy zombies, right? And I think that the more people do that, the more the gig will be up and, and you know, we get the garden back. We get the garden back. This is our planet. This belongs to our children. And so I'm just tired of hearing these, you know, buffoons on TV trying to keep people asleep and that's why I do what I do. But just because that's what, that's my thing doesn't mean that that's your thing out there, right? Find your thing and, and live your dream and do your hacking and build your vitality and tap into who you are and your potential so that you have the power to do so. Awesome advice. Thank you so much, Pedro, for coming on the show. Great and to thanks see you, for coming and talking at the biohacking conference. It was amazing. And for those of you at home that missed it, we're going to have all of the speakers from the biohacking conference on video for you to check out. Just give us a little bit of time to put it together, uh, but it'll be available. Thanks again. <laughs> Great to see you. Thank all you. Right. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.